All right, everybody, this is part two of my podcast with Matt Moore featuring a fun activity. We drafted stars that we believe are going to be on the move. The goal of the draft was to draft the players that we thought would be traded the soonest in chronological order. So it was an interesting exercise. Didn't really expect it, but uh, we had a good time and I hope you enjoy it. Axe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Joined by my friend Matt Moore at HB Basketball. Um, I guess it's not on Twitter anymore. I'm still still trying to get used to that one. Um, thank you so much for hopping on with me, Matt. I know that we probably spent way more time debating your top 100 than, than we uh, expected to at the outset, but I wanted to get into the bulk of this podcast as the unhappy superstar sweepstakes. We are going to chat about some of these superstars, uh, whether it's a superstar or star, whatever you want to call it, I think that James Harden, Damian Lillard, with them being uh, on the precipice of being traded, I think that there's a general exodus that could happen between stars now uh, from a lot of these different teams. There's been a little bit of a holdup this offseason with these particular conversations, and I feel like that once these next moves happen, that the gates can sort of like that they're, they're going to flood open and there's going to be a lot of player movements, especially with the CBA, the way that it is. Do you feel the same way? Am I, am I just speaking words? Like what are, what are we, uh, what do we think is going to happen on the superstar market? I mean, I don't think necessarily that they're tied to Harden. I don't necessarily think that there's like, I don't think that it's stopped. I think that's a misconception is like, we've just Katie's moved three times and like, four years right or six years um there's been so many changes already and there's going to be continue to be a lot more and that's just going to be like the story of the league i think especially that what we're seeing with the new cba is we're going to see more of this guys take max deals and then ask out and then that's like how they reposition themselves i think we're going to see this until there is a breaking point or some sort of leverage from the league if they come up with some sort of rule change or whatever uh which will be difficult to negotiate with the union, I think it's going to be very difficult, but some of this too has to do with the dynamics of these teams where the bucks are aging out. Like mm-hmm. the bucks are getting really old and that's going to impact. And also like all of the stuff where Giannis wanted to be in Milwaukee and loved it there. And I think he still loves it there and like appreciates being that the franchise's guy. You got to understand like there's who these guys were at 25 and there's who these guys are at 30 and they're not the same. You're not the same person. No one's the same person at 25 as they are at 30. Like you're just different. And same thing at 30, 35, 35, 40. You're just going to change. And so that happens a lot with these players where they did have intentions of staying. They did have intentions of being around forever. They did have intentions of being loyal. They did have intentions of rejecting the superstar concepts. Like Kevin Durant talked about this, about how he would want to join a super team like LeBron did. And then he joined the ultimate super team. And so you're going to see this, I think, more and more and more with how the CBA is structured, with where players are at. And with the the evolution, as long as players have the amount of power, as long as, let me be, sorry, let me be clear on this. As long as superstars have that kind of leverage and power because normal NBA players, average NBA players, role player NBA players do not. Uh, So, yeah, I think you're right that we're going to see a lot of stuff move. Some of it is that there's so many star team ups that you're going to see like 
sequential order. And right. to me, that starts that starts with with Harden. Like, if Harden, like once Harden gets traded, unless they pull a rabbit out of their hat for another star, that's it to me. I think Embiid's gone. Like, I think Embiid's gone by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so, like, th- and you'll see the same thing where if PG gets traded, Kawhi might get dealt. If yep. Um, I don't think, you know, if LeBron leaves, maybe AD gets traded. Like there's all these kind of mechanisms where this can, where one star goes and then the next star is the next one to follow. Interesting. And I think that's a good lead into the thing that I want to do on this particular episode. I think that we should do a draft between the two of us of the chronological order of when these stars are going to go. And we can talk through a couple of different destinations for, for these guys over the course of this time. Figure we each do about five, something like that. Uh, Cause I think there is going to be a lot of movement. I think there is, it is a possibility that over the course of, I don't know, the next three years that 10 different top 30 guys are, are moving. Like there, there's a very strong possibility of that. So uh, we're, we're going to have to have to reconcile with that. And I think the best way to do it is to actually talk through it. So Rules here, draft the player that you think will be traded or leave in free agency the soonest. Then we can debate the destination after that. Uh, I will give you the first pick. So who do you want to draft as the first player, star, superstar that you think is going to go? I mean, it's boring, but it's Harden. Um, there's just no way. Like after, So Harden's comments in, in, in over the weekend in China, notably in China, um, we're not, yeah, it is, is very ironic there. We're not, it's not ironic. It was very much planned. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> we're not directed at Daryl Morey, right? Like he's not sending shots at Daryl. Daryl knows the situation. Those comments are made to pressure ownership. And if ownership won't move, it's to pressure the league to be like, this is embarrassing. Figure it out. Get him gone. This is not how we want to run things. We've seen the league interfere in Sixers business before with the Sam Hinkie situation. So it wouldn't be the first time. And, you know, Silver, Silver doesn't have a heavy hand the way Stern did, but he has a light hand and he'll use it to, to make calls and be like, hey, this is not good for our business. You need to sort this out. Um, and so, like, I just don't see, I like, I think, I think Daryl Morey has an extreme tolerance for pain. I just don't think he's going to care. I just think he's going to be like, whatever. Because if it's like all your employees are miserable and the team's really unhappy, Daryl Morey's response is going to be like, sometimes life's hard. Nobody likes this. That's just how it is. Um, But I also think that Harden is so passive aggressive and has such a confidence and is like, he is not a guy that will feel a responsibility to be like, I need to get back out there and do the right thing. That's not who he is. So he will take this as far as it needs to go. And so I think Harden has to be the one that's, that's moved. You know, the Clippers obviously seem like the most logical choice based off of Harden's desires. The, uh, the trade assets there are not good. They won't give up Terrence Mann, And it's like the, if you can't get Terrence Mann for Harden, what are you doing? There might be somebody else that comes along, but part of this is like you get into the first month of the season and there might be a team that's just like, Oh no, <laughs> things are bad. We need to turn this around. I'm going to get fired. Let's trade for Harden. Um, so yeah. that's maybe the possibility, but uh, Harden's got to be the number one pick overall. Yeah. I think it's, it's very fair based off of the recent comments and 
deservedly, deservedly so. Um, I do think that the Clippers is, is where it's going to end up being. Like, there's obviously too much smoke there, so I'm going to write down Clippers here. And I am going to take my draft pick, and I am going to select Damian Lillard. Um, mm-hmm. That's obviously going to manifest at some point. I, I don't think that like, because of the contract that he signed, because he is still tied to Portland for the next three years, then with a player option after that, that there's no doubt that he could like that this could drive it could drag on at least a little bit. But I do think that Dame is the guy that like it's going to happen at some point if Miami can lure some team into a three-team trade that helps facilitate some assets there, then there there's at least something that they could do. But I I just can't like I, I can't see any other player getting traded before Dame at this point. Uh, just because I think that this is one that happens before the trade deadline, certainly. And uh, whether it's November or December or January or even before training camp, which I'm sure is what Dame and, and everybody would want if the actual offer was good, uh, then I think that that will probably happen. You've spoken a lot about Dame and the actual package that they're trying to give up as it's one of the worst that you're ever going to see. Do you still feel that way just thinking about it now? Yeah, it's been bizarre to me. I was talking to Sam Vecini over at The Athletic about it and about like, I was like, we just got to be careful with our language here, you know, because I think there's a lot of, of, of folks that are trying to justify this. And I'm like, it's not good. Yeah. You can say it's reasonable. It's reasonable for the leverage. Okay. But that's about as good as you're going to get. Part of it is that there's no blue chipper here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Miami feels that Jovic and, and, and Hakez are the blue chippers. And I said this to somebody that's a fan of the heat. You think that Jovic and Hakez are the blue chippers because that's all you have. You don't have another blue chipper to throw into this trade. And there's been frustration from the Miami side expressed through their media of they won't even engage us in trade talks. And the Portland side of that is why would we do you don't your offer is not going to get better. <laughs> like you have what you have. Maybe you pull off some mid to late first for Tyler. Woohoo! Like it's <laughs> not going to get better. And so I don't disagree with you that I think Dame has to be the, the, your first pick here, but I would say this, if Harden got dealt, it would not shock me in any capacity. If the next one was Joel Embiid in the next 24 hours after that. Oh, Jesus. But it's just like, because if you're going to move Harden, if you're going to, if once Harden's gone and you know that the season's out and Joel's like, hey, I want out, you want to do it the same way that the Nets did with KD, where it's like, don't let this drag on, get it done, out the door, get the, get as much as you can and be done. They already have a team that wants him that I have heard. Zach Lowe's talked about this. Um, and this apparently is just like the worst kept secret. Apparently, like the Knicks actually, they were called about the Damian Lillard stuff and were like, we're good. And the reason they were like, we're good is because they were like, we're stockpiling assets for Embiid. So they're ready to throw a whole bunch at him. Um, So that that takes me to my next pick, which is like Joel Embiid 
to the Knicks specifically. Like that's that's gonna yeah. be I think where where it winds up. There's possibilities of other things. I will say the thing with Dame is I do wonder if a team, if there are certain teams that would take a shot at it. Um, Toronto is obviously always an interesting one based off the Kawhi history. I also wonder with things being as liquid as they are with the Clippers, if the Clippers were to get involved, that to me is always like an interesting thing. Like instead of like, I think they would give up more assets for. Yeah. I mean, then they would give it for Harden. Sure. Of course they would. But like, you're talking about blue chippers and that's like, you're not getting a blue chipper from the Clippers. Well, well, Hmm. if it's a three-way trade. Ooh. Or a four-way trade. Ooh, even spicier. And PG's involved in it. That changes the equity on the board. I think that the Clippers are definitely willing to get uncomfortable now. They've they've shown that willingness in, in all of these hard and trade talks. And what's what's the difference between stepping it up and getting a better second banana for Kawhi Leonard than yeah. than somebody like Dame and right. and somebody like Dame who has proven that when he's when he's healthy can really drive the the bus in a way that Kawhi really can't. So there's uh there's something there. I I, I like that. But you still think that your your pick is going to be Joel Embiid? Yeah, I'll take Joel Embiid. I just, look, I I started hearing stuff about Embiid November and that, like, I reported on it that was just, like, keep an eye out. Um, And I I just, all of the stuff this summer has not surprised me at all. And to me, this is just, like, there's there's a pattern being established here. And for whatever reason, I just think that he is very likely uh, to change teams. I don't think that all of the attachment that he has marketed himself as is as genuine. Maybe that was real and it changed. That's entirely possible. But I, yeah. I just wonder if, if with all of these guys, if we're talking about timeline, if Harden's gone and they don't get anything in return, and B's gonna be like, "What am I doing here?" And to me, that gets real nasty real quick. Yeah, it's a good pick. And I mean, if, if you don't get back an actual blue chip guy for the Harden mess, then how can you really sell that to Embiid that, that you're actually doing what's best to succeed? Um, even if it's not your fault. Like, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if the Harden mess is, is Philly's fault or not. I, I think that there is a lot of reason to believe that it is. I think there's a lot of reason to believe that Harden did this to himself. Uh, like I said, with the Dame fiasco, there are no good people in this. Like, there's yep. no, there's no good guys in these. They're all for their own selfish interests, and sometimes it gets ugly when, when that's how it goes. Um, so I think I, Embiid is likely to go next. I think that's a a very fair pick, and probably what's going to happen. Um, who? Okay, I have three names that I'm debating between right now. I'm debating between. Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns, and Zion Williamson. I think that because Zion is under contract for longer, that I'm going to hold off on that. So I will go with Paul George. Okay. Uh, I will go with Paul George here. And I think that that's, uh, for all the reasons that you laid out, very fair. Um, I I thought, and I was thinking about different Paul George destinations, Harden for PG makes some sense. Um uh, it's not like 
if if you're Daryl Morey, that's probably what you're hoping for. You're probably hoping to get back a expiring contract star that you believe can potentially augment what you already have, but then also leave that gap space open if need be. Um, I also think that BG going to Sacramento or going to Miami is pretty interesting if the if the Dame stuff falls through. Paul George makes some sense in a Miami environment where you've got Jimmy Butler already there. And you've, you you can say Jimmy's the number one and Paul George is the number two, kind of like uh, Kawhi and Paul George. So um, what do you think about any of those destinations I mentioned? What Or, or what about an Indiana reunion for Paul George? So I, I think that the only way that PG gets traded is if it's for a star. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I think Balmer moving into the new building. I don't think that anybody's thrilled with how this has gone, but I do think that there's still very much a, you only get one Kawhi Leonard in franchise history. And this is the time when we got him. We got to try and make this work. So look, there, there was just, there's been a lot of rumbling and it's just, you know, that there's a lot of rumblings about a lot of stuff that doesn't happen, but I've heard a lot of noise about like PG and at least the Clippers kicking the tires on those concepts. So once you hear that it's possible, that's like the first step. It just like, it goes from a no, absolutely not to a, you know, they'll pick up the phone. Right. And that's the start of it. Uh, so it's gotta be for a star. That's why Miami doesn't make any sense. You're not trading, you're not trading PG for Tyler hero and Nikola Jovich and probably not garbage. You're not Hopefully trading into Sacramento <laughs> for, uh, Davian Mitchell and Malik Monk and, and, and picks. Right. And it doesn't make sense. I was thinking you. Keegan Murray. Yeah. That even, that wouldn't, that honestly wouldn't make sense. And in part, because I think if you're the Kings, you gotta be like, we don't know what kick and ceiling is. So let's, let's, let's not be too hasty here. Fair. Um, a team that I, I would be kind of interested in though, is like Chicago. I think that'd be an interesting one of, because what you really need here is you need guys that Kawhi wants hmm. and he's wanted a point guard forever. And the, the Bulls don't necessarily have a point guard, but that's been the thing is like Kawhi has repeatedly been like, I want a point guard. 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 So, that's that's why the whole Russell thing kind of happened, um, sure. and so I think there are teams that would take a shot on PG that can return star value. That if Kawhi wants it, maybe they talk themselves into it. I do think it's tough though, just because like if you look at this from an objective standpoint, it's really hard to to find guys that are as good as Paul George when he's healthy. It just it's just tough to find guys that are on that level, like. If you got DeMar DeRozan and whatever with the Bulls, I'm still like, I would be like, no, if I'm the Clippers. But it depends on what Kawhi wants. So I think it's probably a pretty good pick in that you have this other factor and pressure from the top because it's like, we got to make, we got to make this work. We got to, yeah. we got to compete now. So I think it's a pretty good pick with Paul George. Um, Where are you going to go with your next selection then? You have Kyrie on this list. I, I had him as a possibility. I think it's funny because I just kind of want to be like, well, of course it's 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 Kyrie. <laughs> um, oh boy. No, I'm not gonna go with Pascal. I'm not explaining why. But yeah, I'm gonna do it. Uh I'll say it. I think it's gonna be Giannis. Uh cut out a little bit by I assume you said Giannis. Yep. I said Giannis. Yikes. Um, all right, let's uh let's talk about it. They've they don't have a lot 
going on for them in Milwaukee right now, uh, given that everybody's aging out. Yeah, I, I, for me, it's like Drew Holiday is already kind of like there's already been word that he might retire after the end of this contract. Brooke mm. just signed this deal and it's going to be cost prohibitive. And he's probably like Brooke might be still be good because Brooke's just one of those dudes. Like Chris has already started to decline. I was surprised that they did that deal. I was honestly surprised that Chris did that deal. Um, it does show you like how boxed in the bucks were. There's nothing in the pipeline. There's no young talent coming up. Like Marjan Beauchamp is not it, right? There's no young talent coming up. They lost actually like meaningful guys from, um, their bench, like Joe Ingles is gone, Javon Carter is gone, and it's like these guys, Wesley Matthews is gone, and it's like those are guys that you would be like, whatever. It's like that's who they had, right? So they just don't have options. And I do think that there is in part of this, Giannis has had the book and the movie, and he's been top of the world. And all of these type of things. And like, you just, you change when you're exposed to that world for eight years, it changes you. And you've been at this level for about five and you just grow and you mature and you change. And so I can see there being a scenario where Giannis is like, I loved it here. We won a championship. I'll never forget it, but I'm ready to move on. And if the whole team is like, yeah, no, it's time's up. We're just not there anymore. Um, It's like, what are the, what are the options here? It's like, well, you could trade Drew holiday. Are you going to get enough return to, you know, keep Giannis where he's like, yeah, I definitely want to stay because the team is so good. I probably not. So they don't have their guys. Their, their good players are too old to get great return for, but they have to keep them, which is why they resign them. They're cap strapped aging. And Giannis has, has shown some frustration and you had a rookie coach coming in. So, um, that to me is is why I would have to put Giannis, I think, on this list just based off of the timeline. The rest of these players on this list all have various reasons why either they won't ask out or their front office will never, like the ownership group will never agree to it or that they genuinely want to stay. Like Pascal Siakam, like I would love to put here because it makes the most sense that he would be next. But Pascal has, has he wants to re-sign in Toronto. Like that's where he wants to be. I don't know if he's going to be because I don't know if the Raptors want to pay him, but nobody knows what the Raptors are doing right now. Uh, So I'll (laughs) go with the unstable certainty and go with Giannis as the next kind of name here. Um, I would love it if he retired in Milwaukee, but based off of all the factors and the instability and the contract, I will go with Giannis. Uh, So is he going to Golden State, New Orleans, or OKC? What about the Lakers? Well, if I if I say anything about the lack of assets, then that's probably just going to be like, yeah, but but the Lakers, but the no. Lakers. What what if what if they trade him for Anthony Davis? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that's. I mean, it's it's a completely reasonable thing. Um, LeBron says for the Lakers to want. Yeah, LeBron says, hey, this is going to be my like. I'm going to ask out after this year in L.A. I'm going to do one more year in Cleveland or wherever with, you know, Ronnie or whatever, and then be done. They'll honor it. They know the deal is coming. They know they owe the the Pelicans picks. They know AD is not going to be healthy enough to to hold them up. And they get Giannis for the next forever. Like you'd obviously take AD for Giannis and you would give up extra assets to get that because it assures your future. 
And if you're the Bucks, you're probably able to swap in a three-way trade AD for more, send him somewhere else, and get rebuilding assets to replenish some of the stock that you spent on Drew. Yeah, I guess that's possible. I I figure if if you have Chris, you have Brook Lopez still, you probably want to keep around a guy like Davis or somebody of that level. So maybe there's a a three-team trade to be had here. I, I just tend to think that Milwaukee will do what's best for their rebuilding. And that like, is, is, are they really going to get Giannis to the Lakers? Like obviously the league league is going to want that. They're going to love that. That's probably where Luke is eventually going to go. But like, I mean, bear in mind, both go there. Giannis is such a big part of that franchise though. It's kind of like Dame where if Dame had wanted a team that had an asset set to come back, it would be different. Like he just specifically wants the team with what I think is the worst trade package in the league. Right. Interesting. Like, if Dame wanted the Lakers, I don't know if the Lakers would do AD for, for Dame because it's different. It's that's much closer and arguable. And you could you could very easily make a bet an AD's better argument over Dame. Um but it's probably easier because Portland again is able to be like, give us Anthony Davis, we'll send him to a third team, they'll give us draft capital and a young player. And now we're in motion. Like that mm-hmm. works, right? So I think that's that's kind of the dynamic here is I do think that Milwaukee would feel like they would want to like, I think they would want to facilitate what Giannis wants. And I don't think that there would be as much resistance um, with as there has been with other, other situations in part because they did win the title. It's like he gave you the title. So you got to kind of, you got to respect what he's given you. It's, it's, it's completely understandable and I don't want to bemoan it. it. Like I do think that it's probably more likely that they, still send him somewhere else but are you so you're taking Giannis to LA that's where you're going I'll take Giannis to LA Warriors are always a like a pretty strong maybe like Draymond and Clay and I I guess Kaminga (laughs) um (laughs) and every pick until the end of time and you you just pair the end of Steph with Giannis and that's your team makes sense all right well you sold me on uh Paul George to Chicago so that's where I have him going right now yeah um all right for my next pick I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Zion. Okay. I think that that's, that is going to happen sometime soon. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be, it's probably not a trade deadline thing this year, but it might be an off season thing next year. Like they have some expectations now and they've got so much in the pipeline right now from an asset standpoint. And if Zion for a third year in a row, isn't able to finish the season, isn't able to be their their star caliber player. I think they might go star hunting and try to find somebody else that pairs well with Brandon Ingram, McCollum, maybe if if you count him in that. Guys like Trey Murphy and some of their young cat, uh, some of their young guys. Um, I think that Zion leaves, and I think that he goes to. I think he goes to OKC. Woo, I love that. Oh, that'd be so much fun. It would be, right? Oh, oh that'd be so much fun. I love that idea. Um, I also think you're wrong. Okay. So <laughs> if they were gonna trade him, it was gonna be it was gonna be at the draft. That was gonna be it. Because what I've heard is that that front office felt that Scoot Henderson is a future MVP caliber player. And they still couldn't get a deal done because they, you know. 
and all the there's there's talk about like that we never really had a blah, 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 blah. okay is that why new orleans <laughs> had the scoot henderson's medicals is that is that why um and it wasn't just talks with charlotte uh so <laughs> I, they were gonna do it i think they would have done it on draft night i think they would have pulled the trigger and i think they would have probably been like we'll give you zion and because they had that much confidence in scoot but now also they are kind of they're a little bit locked in, you know, and there's tension there with Zion. That's obvious. And the team like prefers Brandon. Like they all think like Brandon Ingram is like the guy coaches love him. Teammates love him, et cetera. But I, I just think that you will always kind of return to these spurts where he's healthy and just be like, man, I don't know. Cause they were so good in December that team was righteously good in December. They were so good. And then the wheels fell off because everybody got hurt. Um, and I just think that he'll always be too tantalizing to give up on and maybe always, you know, too health, too out of shape, too hurt uh, to trust. I, I do think that we've seen the anagram or, or the, the analogy, sorry, the, anagram, uh, the, the analogy with Blake Griffin, actually somebody who is probably um, he's probably done now. Uh, I think that Zion makes a lot of sense. Like you, nobody would have given up Blake. Like you, you saw the, nobody thought that the Clippers would actually give up Blake. Yeah. And then they did because they were a smart front office and understood that they had other things that they needed to do for their future. And Zion Williamson on a max contract, if you're not going to get max value anymore is probably it's probably something that you could do without. So I think that if, if they really do believe in Brandon Ingram, I, I like Trey Murphy a lot. I think he makes sense as kind of a, another wing in their like, like pipeline. Uh, Dyson Daniels is really good. They probably need a better center going forward. And if you get another backcourt guy, like hypothetically, it could be Josh Giddy. Like, does that make some sense? Like just, just you get somebody else who could run the show there. I, I like that idea as a uh, as a place where Zion could actually rehab his value a little bit. Yeah, uh, I would love it. I think it'd be amazing. Um, division trades are tough unless you're Tim Conley, uh, but <laughs> I think it's, I, think it's it, I would love to see it. Shea and Zion would be incredible together. Uh, so I've got Harden, I've got Embiid, and I've got Giannis. Um, yep, I will. Uh, I'm going to take Trey Young. I'm not surprised. Um, he, he makes sense as a guy that whether it's this offseason, this upcoming offseason after after this one that we're currently in, or even like the trade deadline after that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I think a lot of this is just um, there was no one. There's a lot of confusion over Atlanta and the power structure and who's running things and what wrestler wants. And it seemed for a while like they were moving away from the clutch tray dominated structure. That was part of the Quinn Snyder thing was that there were other coaches that Trey Young would have preferred. And instead they went with Quinn Snyder, who I do think was the best coach available. But that was like an interesting one because that's not a coach that you bring on to be, you know, to, to do whatever Trey Young wants. Right. Right. It's not that he's going to, he'll empower him. He'll probably make him better, but it's not the guy. Um, there were a number of other guys that they would have wanted. And so that was kind of interesting, but then 
there was talk of DeJounte Murray maybe getting dealt around before the draft, after the draft, before free agency and the first couple of days of free agency and nothing materialized and they're going to, going to keep Murray. But I do think that there's like a possibility of the team just kind of going in a different direction that um, I think they could be really good this year. If they got Pascal Siakam for DeAndre Hunter and Clint Capella in a three-way trade with Dallas, I would skyrocket the Hawks up my, my chart. I think that Pascal Siakam is a player that helps you win games. And him, DeJounte Murray, Onyeko Okongwu, uh, and A.J. Griffin, I would be like, yeah, yeah, no, we can we can cook with this. But that maybe doesn't happen, and maybe this winds up just being like, Trey struggles from the field again, and it just winds up being, okay. Um, as far as like what team takes Trey Young, it's really funny because it's be like, like what, what team would want him? I think lots of teams. Uh, here's an easy one. We'll go back to the, to the well of Chicago. If you if if Atlanta called up Chicago and was like, hey, we'll give you Trey Young for Zach Levine and Patrick Williams, Chicago's like done immediately. Sure thing. Yeah, no problem. right. Makes a lot because of sense they, too. They've been trying to move Levine. That moves Levine. Get them a new engine. They can reconfigure around Trey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that there are other teams that would probably would take a shot on Trey Young uh, as well. I think Orlando honestly is like an interesting one because they, they really want a point guard and they would probably feel that they've got enough supporting talent and defense that they could probably make it work. Um, if you go to the Western conference, it gets, I think a little bit tougher, but I do think that there's some interesting stuff that could, that could happen with Trey Young, depending on the direction that the next couple months take. There's, I mean, He's a really good player, and I, like I said before, I have him ranked 15th on my top 100 list because he's a really, really, really good player, uh, and it's kind of been, I think, forgotten a little bit, but I, it's just really hard to build around unless you commit entirely to him, and committing to his style of basketball is not a, not always great. Um, he's got to be willing to buy in to whichever situation he goes to. Like I think going to another team might be good for him just so that he understands like you, you, it didn't work out your, your style only your style only did not work out at your previous stop. So I think Chicago's good. I actually think that uh, Trey young and Paul George meeting up in Chicago makes a lot of sense. Like that's like, that would be a good way for Arturis Karnasovas to really shake up the deck a little bit. Um, I am going to take, Ooh, should I take towns or Luca? I think I'll go with Towns. Uh, do I? Does he even count in this conversation for like superstar star trades? I think so. Um, <laughs> he changed the game, if you ask him. Change the game, baby. Uh, <laughs> again, I'll just say like I think. I'm trying to think. Well, like, here's an interesting question: Would the Would the Phoenix Suns be better or worse with Carl Anthony Towns instead of Aiden? They'd be worse, but like that's because you need somebody like Aiden who could really anchor. Like an an Aiden, Aiden can't even really do that, um, but he does it better than Towns, I think. Maybe uh, Towns is more versatile. He can play at the level where Aiden can't. The most successful season the Wolves have had defensively was when they were playing Cat at the level, um, much like the Nuggets did. Like, there's a lot of similarities with what you can do there. Right. Um, Towns, uh, here's the thing. Towns has a good engine. He just needs to learn how to do it. Like this is all like he's getting old, so it's not going to happen. But 
the stuff Towns wants to be great. He's not lazy. I don't think he's selfish. Yeah. He's just boneheaded. <laughs> like he tries too hard sometimes. That's his biggest problem. You know, he picks up offensive fouls because he tries to like too hard. Yeah. Right. Yep. So if, if age and wisdom mature him and in his 28 to 31 years, he's like, he, he figures out how to make all that stuff come together. Like, imagine if the Dallas Mavericks talk them into a trade and you got Luca yeah. and cat. He'd be good. He'd be really good. And, so. and he could actually anchor some stuff on, on the second unit for that team in ways that Chris Tapps at that point couldn't. So um, and there's, there's, there's a lot there. <sighs> what about Toronto for him? Don't hear for the wall. Kind of, it's kind of like long term, where Jakob Pertle being there doesn't really matter as much, like due to six months yeah. out. I don't know, but I, I don't think you pair him with Scotty Barnes because your timeline's off. Is it that far off? It's far off enough, I think. Well, if you want wow. Scotty to be like really good right now, then you you want to pair him with really good players right now. I don't know then... that you want that though. I think you want to instead give him time to develop. Mm. I think you want to okay. give him. 22 to 25 to get better. Um, All right, let me, so let me I think through these teams now. Way. What about... Oh, me, oh no, I'm, I'm... Oh, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Houston. Yeah. You you get That's... one of the... You get whichever one of the young guys they don't want. I mean, like, probably I personally, positionally, like, Shangun, right? Like... Yeah, like, that makes... But I think you could, pro- you could probably play... Look, like Shangun Towns is going to be bad defensively. I'm not, that's pretty obvious. But like, it would also cook offensively. You got, you got, a, you have the opposite. You have the, the slip, the switch of what they have now, right? Where yeah. Shangun gets to play facilitator for Towns and Towns gets to space the floor around Shangun. Like, if it's kind of the, all the problems that Towns Gobert has inherently get mitigated when you slip, when you swap it to Towns at five, Shangun at four. So I actually think there's some possibility there. Um, the only thing I is, wish, I, just don't think, I just don't know that the Wolves want a guy that's that young, and you have to get that that guy in that deal. You know, like you know, get you don't do Carl Anthony Towns for Jayshon Tate in a pick. Like that's just not what you do. So I wish that one of Draymond or Gobert could shoot, so that I could send Cat to Golden State. Mm-hmm. That would yeah. that would make some sense. Um, or hell, I mean, actually, no. Portland's Portland's too far off the timeline. OKC probably makes some sense. Um, they've they've been talked about as a cat destination before, but I probably I'm not going to go with that. I will go. Oh, I got, with... Wait, wait, I got one more. Okay. Uh, Atlanta in a three way deal, and Capella goes to Minnesota. Okay. Uh, Tim Connolly sending out uh, Clint Capella in the in the Houston Denver fourteen trade, and then acquiring him in a in a separate deal would be pretty funny um trey and towns makes sense yeah i would love that combo again defense is bad but i would love the combo all right we'll do it um if they're if they're not going to get pascal then then maybe they go with cat uh towns to atl all right sir you have one more pick we'll go rapid fire between these two (sighs) Uh, this one's tough actually Gonna go with Luca. I'm not gonna go with Luca. I don't think Luca leaves. I really don't. I don't think Luca leaves. 
They just signed AD doing extension, so I can't go off the board and take him. Nobody, a lot of these teams like don't have a superstar, so it's like yeah, that's that's one of the problems. It's like you're you're trying to pair these guys up with somebody else that makes sense, but then you you're swapping stars, and that's the only way to get value. These are hard. These are hard trades to make. Uh, I'll go Pascal fifth. Um, it it okay. makes the most sense. He's an asset. Like there's been so much talk about him. Um, I think he's a difference maker. I think teams should be way more aggressive in trying to get him. Although I understand not doing it because of how frustrating Toronto is. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go Pascal just based off of <laughs> everyone's like, really? You're gonna real? You you lost Fred Van Vliet, and you're just gonna <laughs> just gonna run this into the ground, huh? That's that's yep. what you're doing. So uh, I'll say Pascal Siakam because it makes the most sense. Completely fair. Uh, do you have a particular destination in mind for him? I love Atlanta. I love Atlanta. Like the idea of a Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, AJ Griffin, Pascal Siakam on Yeka Okongwu lineup. I'm just like, yes, that. Give me that. That is good. Give me that Hawks team. So um, that would be my, that would also be of all of the destinations, that would probably be my preferred is that he winds up in, in Atlanta. Now I did take Towns to Atlanta. Does that change your, uh, that change your opinion? Um, if, if Atlanta was off the board, I would, mm-hmm. boy. To re- to recap, we've got Harden to the Clippers, Dame to Miami, and Bede to the Knicks, Paul George to Chicago, Giannis to the Lakers, Zion to OKC, Trey to Chicago as well, Towns to Atlanta. Uh, let's do Pascal Siakam to the Kings. He was on the list for for or the Kings were on my list for for Pascal. Him, because, them, and the and the Mavericks actually. Because again, I think Keegan Murray is so good. I think you want to see what he turns into, but. If you were just like, no, 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 like we really want to win. Like we want to, we, we really do believe it. I don't think you should, but like Siakam covers for a lot of Sabonis' problems. Um, they have the young assets. Like Toronto would be like, okay, like Keegan Murray, Davion Mitchell and some picks. Yeah. All right. Pretty and good. it would, it would feel like a lot. It would feel like too much to give up for Siakam, honestly. But I think Siakam is an all NBA player. He is so good at so many things. Um, I have like, I, I have dipped on him when he's been bad, but like last year, the last two seasons, honestly, Siakam is great at so many things. People don't understand what a good playmaker he is for others without needing the ball in his hands. He's efficient. He plays hard. He's smart. Like I love Pascal Siakam. So, um, I would, I think the Kings trade would be really cool. I think no matter what Toronto in the next year has to break up him, Scotty and OG because they just all operate in the same spots on the floor and they're all the same size. Like it's, it's really, really hard to do what they're trying to do. And it just doesn't work if you don't have any spacing. So, or any rim protection, which they don't have either of those things. Um, I am going to wrap us up with Jalen Brown. I think that I know that he just signed the Supermax, but I think that that's going to last two years. And this is where we're kind of at the, the far out point with this exercise I think that Jalen Brown lasts two more years in Boston and then he goes to another team. Uh, what team that's going to be by that point is really difficult to imagine actually now. Um, so we've got the Kings for Pascal. Which team is actually going to be good that's going to want Jalen Brown? Um, Memphis won't trade Desmond Bain. Could it be Houston? Could it be Houston trading Jalen Green? 
That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. There's a lot of like there's a lot of connections. There was a lot of talk about them trade trying to trade for Jalen Brown uh before the extension. Mm-hmm. So that'd be interesting. That's a good fit. Uh I would say Memphis is the other one just based off of I the the problem with Memphis, I think, is like you create the same problem, which is I think is Jalen doesn't want to be number two. And the only reason you would trade Bain is if you were like Bain can be number one somewhere, but we got to trade him somewhere that wants him to be number one. I, I so. actually, I have the right answer. It's a Donovan Mitchell swap. Mm. 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 Maybe. I think uh, I'm, I'm kind of the minority. I actually think the Cavs are going to kill it this year. And I actually think that all this talk about, about Mitchell leaving is going to die down when it's like, oh no, like they're really good and they made a run and, he buys back in. I think he actually likes this team and I think this team is really good. So um, we'll see what happens, but I think the other, the other problem, I guess, you, yeah, you can, you can trade him because it does play Garland more at point, which I think he's good at. So you mm-hmm. can make that work. That'd be an interesting one. I think for sure. Well, they've, they've had so many issues getting a wing like in, into mm-hmm. that building that actually makes some sense. So like Jalen Brown's one of the few that you could actually describe as a wing in the NBA. So uh, and also, like, the Mitchell-Tatum connection makes a lot of sense. Like, I think, aren't those guys connected in various ways through the 2017 draft? But, um, okay, well, I'm going with Jalen Brown. And, you know, I, I will send him to Houston. That I think I think that's just more logical. So, all right, that was a, that was a fun exercise. A long podcast, and I do genuinely appreciate. We've got some good content out of this. Uh, to wrap up, Matt, your team, uh, Harden to the Clippers, Embiid to the Knicks, Giannis to the Lakers, Trey Young to the Bulls, and Pascal to the Kings. My team, Dame to Miami, Paul George to Chicago, Zion to OKC, Towns to Atlanta, and Jalen Brown to Houston. There's a lot of movement there. A lot of guys. I think you could you could justify any of those decisions, or uh, maybe we look back at this and laugh. That'll be that'll be funny too. Probably, probably. <laughs> That's that's what happens when you try to make predictions. But anyway, Matt, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, obviously, you've got the top 100 coming out very soon. Everybody should be on the lookout for that. Anything else you've got in the pipeline? Uh, yeah, I'll be starting my win total breakdown so you can catch uh, breakdowns of every single team and what they're predicted to do. Also, have some schedule analysis up tomorrow. Action Network app. I am looking forward to that. As always, I, I know this may be the first time to take the Denver Nuggets under. That's it's a very rare thing, but I'm sure that'll probably be on the board if I'm if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. But should be very interesting. Everybody, that's going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you to Matt as always for hopping on with us. Uh, no podcast on Friday night. I'm going to a Rockies game. So uh, pray for me. It should be, should be great. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon.